Hi, I'm Kawa, and this is QWA Podcast. In this show, we invite friends from the architectural fraternity for a casual conversation. From design think tank to integrated practice, we discuss the trials and tribulations of architectural pursuit. We hope this informal sharing will spark conversation among the listeners. Let's begin. Hello everyone. Today with me, we have Join Fu, which we met in Taylor's University. And I think I would describe Join as a very energetic uh, student in, back in those years. He, he is full of ideas, has a lot of, uh, you know, energy, has met with a lot of people, read a lot of books. And I think uh, eventually in, in the semester that we met, I, I knew that he was something special. So before we begin, Joey, maybe you want to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about uh, JFXA. Oh, okay. Uh, thank you for the kind words, Kawa. Uh, so dear all, I'm Join. Um, graduate from the Butler School of Architecture. Uh, my research actually agendas a compass within the scope of platform capitalism, cognitive and media architecture, and some design fiction. And I believe that the the emerging, I believe that, hold on, uh, sorry, I believe that the uh, the emerging platform technologies of the twenty first century would be the dominant paradigm alters the way society, economy, and politics perform in the near future. So the new normal will be the future where we will face complex issues that deal with surveillance, economy, tech gentrification, and design ethics. And I'm confident that the field of architecture will evolve and develop into a diverging field that will help contribute to developing new lexicons for complex interventions. And and I'm currently an independent researcher, writer, and architecture designer that is based in Kuala Lumpur. And I hope to broaden the architecture agenda, design pedagogy, and be involved in policy making in the future. So what is JFX about? I mean, JFX is most like a, my own research platform that I do computations and um, cover with research agendas um, and document all kinds of uh, things that uh, that fits into my agenda that I mentioned earlier yeah, on. So JFX means um, just for experimental architecture or just for um, non-architecture and also join full X architecture. Right. Yep. Yeah. I think I think that is very prevalent. Your curiosity no 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 boundaries. I and I think a few months ago you initiated a supermarket topology research which I yeah. believe in, in a way that you frame, frame the research, it is a crowdsourcing uh, methodology. What are the aim and the possible outcome from this uh, particular research? Oh, okay. Uh, so, so first of all, right, like I just want to, um, I, just, I just want to, first of all, I just, I, I just want to clarify that it was driven by my curiosity on tech Unification into our everyday life, mm-hmm. and yes, continually play a major role in shaping or every aspect of human life, and also the condition of the earth itself. So, as we all know by now, right, like supermarket has become like sort of like an agora, and then instead of like a public space that we all go, and um, 
that we source for our needs and supplies. I mean, especially during COVID-19. And, and the reason why I'm doing this is because I see I see supermarket as a perfect fit, right? If I just study um, this sort of very uh, mundane tech, right? How it influences our everyday life, such as like the food, uh, tech, food tech, and then ingredients itself, and then uh, and also how it designed to make us buy more, uh, invest more in uh, buying stuff. So, so what is my eventual desired outcome for uh, the research? I think, I think, um, I think because. I think 21st century and supermarket itself is an interesting intersection of tech and life and earth. Um, so right now, I think I'm actually documenting the 21st century of a supermarket. Um, that the desire come going to be an archive that actually show us details. Um, how many kinds are there and then um, and also into more further detail is where does the material come from mm. and then how this actually uh, motivates us to buy more and then how these materials behind all this food actually um, um, influencing the way we terraform our earth and also de develop the industrial complex that we have right now. And, and it goes back to also um, uh, basically it's, it's, it's just like an ankle that you can study all kinds of political um, co uh, conditions and relationship from the supermarket itself. I locate at the relationship between the products and the countries. Right. I say that, yeah. It's interesting because it reflects other things that are happening in a particular locality. So yeah. how does people get on board? I mean, how do they uh, reach you? And, you know, for now, as of now, how many, or how, how the research has progressed? I think uh, because I just started, actually, I have this idea a bit have in my mind for quite some time, mm -hmm. and then I, I I just just because of the COVID, it just becomes something so amplified, and then I just started it like a few months ago, mm -hmm. and uh, and then for the first one, I was just planning how long I should take to document this. I think right now is the first stage, but I just sampling all kinds of sampling the method that I'm using the crowdsourcing methods. I get all these um, documents, not documents, but uh, uh, some qualitative, um, quality and quantitative um, uh, research mm -hmm. data from people such as uh, photos and some journalism, uh, some oral journalism, so right. forth. I think this is the first stage. And then for this, right, I just, uh, for information, it is a long-term research that I plan. I mean, it's going to cut across 10 years uh, in a few stages. Right now, I think it's still at the first stage, the first section of first stage, where it will have a bit of uh, documents come out by this year and I hope, uh, such as uh, a few articles and also some uh, compiled um, diagrams that talk about this supermarket. I hope, uh, yeah. yeah. Right now, I'm just collecting uh, photos so that in the future, I can develop a web-based uh, archive that can map the whole world itself, yeah. Yeah, even now, today, you can see a lot of supermarkets, a lot of retail outlets are employing, you know, automatic temperature yeah. detector, some face recognition uh, for monitoring COVID-19. Okay, so yeah. maybe we jump to, to education for a while. And a lot okay. of new design schools actually 
use uh, affiliate uh, program with a UK school to create instant credibility and you know convince more people to enroll. You know, in yep. turn, sometimes it become uh, you know advert and has been weaponized as a marketing ploy. I think uh, this is not exclusive to design school. There's a lot of law school, business school in in Malaysia has done such yep. thing. So yeah. how do you feel about a over commercialized school that actually bundle a UK certificate together when you are graduated and how does that differ or make you a bit more uh, more desirable in the job market I think I think okay um I mean this is a very interesting question like for instance uh, I, I think it, it has to do do with um Okay, uh, it has to do with how the tutor view this. I don't know, some tutor might view this uh, 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 as a sort of like a, um, an easier platform for them for them to actually teach. But some might view this um, as a sort of a game changer. Mm-hmm. Like, because like, if you, for instance, if you bundle with some, uh, I mean, some very top UK degrees, um, uh, from very top UK institution, right? It might be a very good game changer for a local school, a local uh design school that is commercial. I mean, commercialized is the is the thing that we need. We need in this capitalized world. But how do you actually tame it, right? Right. And yeah, but but if if the school, if the local school itself doesn't use that opportunity correctly, such as learning from uh the top institution, how do you actually Im- implement all this? Uh, the way they teach the pedagogy that they have that makes them um, a top institution in abroad or internationally, but but instead using it as a, a own agenda uh, platform, you know, that it will be a waste for maybe from the start, yeah. Mm-hmm. And does it make a difference in the job market? I think from my experience, because. I, I did have a double degree. Um, one right. is from uh UK institution. I, I think it it does. I mean, especially in this. Uh, I mean, I mean, I'm talking in a more specific Asia context. Mm-hmm. It's a bit uh, there's a, a little bit of bias. Like when you see you uh a student have a UK degree. I mean, you, you sort of have a different status compared to uh a local ones because right. they view you can have more quality things like this. Yeah, it, it does make a difference, and also I think, uh, you know, I think also applying um for the education it also make things easier, but the concern is whether uh, the local uh, institution utilize this sort of partnership, um, responsibly, mm. uh, efficiently, and also are they learning from them, have they progress, or not? Right. Yeah. Then this is the problem that we should look at because I think UK institution also commercialized in a way, but still mm-hmm. remain uh, very research based and very driven by progressiveness. Yeah. Right. So school politics are also a challenge, I would say, across the globe. And recently in AA, there's a friction that resulted to a no confidence vote against the director, and it's an overwhelming eighty percent. And yeah. some might say it is a clash between two directions. But uh, I guess we never know about the real story because we are not in in that particular system. So yeah. what what is your main uh, concern with regards to future architecture education? What is more prevailingly important? Is it abstract thinking? 
or a bit more practical because it seems like that's what's going on in AA's uh, uh, situation. Yeah. yeah. I think, I mean, I, I can't comment a lot on the AA because I'm not an alumni, but, right. but I have friends from there actually uh, told me some stuff. I mean, a bit stuff. Like, uh, like Eva's, um, uh, like manifesto at the start. I think she has a she has a very interesting manifesto uh, at the start, and and I think her idea was to sort of uh, a sort of dismantle um, sort of this architectural uh, uh, thinking into more a wider scope. Like instead of viewing as architecture, architecture, but we should look at architecture as sort of as some bunch of um, different disciplines. I think it was a good idea from my point of view, like looking at, at a broader scope, and also the idea of looking into more uh, local, local, uh, a local base uh, knowledge because mm-hmm. of the things good they have, and I think for the draw for the for the for the for the like for the drawback, I think it's a lot to do with uh, how the school look at her as a personality, you know. But we don't we don't want to go to that stage. So I think what, which is more prevalent importance abstract thinking and critical approach. I think um, abstract thinking is very important, especially uh, in twenty first century where tech actually become much more uh, advanced right now. Where mm-hmm. building a, a a building can be as simple as using a beam right now uh, to design a building, and then engineer will sort of use that as information to construct it, right? And abstract thinking is important because because we living in a complex world you know everything that we do it influences the whole supply chain and then how it, and it okay that's not the case the supply chain actually influences the the way how earth geopolitics perform and also uh like the climate change so i think abstract thinking is important for us to uh for us to make um for us to decide and think about what kind of decision decision what we want to make and what kind of direction of research that we're going to move into. Because I, I don't believe the idea of like uh make things fast and break things fast. I think this is mm-hmm. very counterproductive for Earth itself. But for tech, I think it's still okay because of prototyping. But for us to build the real thing, right, I think it's really dangerous for us. And practical approach, I think practical approach is also as important for us to know practical knowledge. Um, because if you know how the thing is sort of constructed and then you know the process of being cons- uh, on the site and constructions, right, you'll make us more critical about reality. Right. Uh, yeah, compared to we're just abstracting on a paper itself. So, I mean, for the Bartlett, I mean, what I learned that we're trying to balance both, we're not going extremely abstract thinking, but we try to balance both with both is technically and also abstract thinking in, in both terms. So I think for me, I think it's no good to have more in one side, more mm. and less the other side. It's good to have balance. Right. And also if uh, in industry itself, I also stress that I think it's important to have abstract thinkers and also practical thinkers. So we have mm. a balanced conversation instead of like two idealists and lack of realists, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So during your time at UCL Bartlett, I think you have explored and simulated a lot of scenarios where, you know, how human sensory has become numb due to the yeah. intrusive use of technology in all parts of their life. I think yeah. this normalization is already happening now in our yeah. life, in our workplace. So yeah. 
what is the conclusion that you managed to deduct from your thesis work since we are, you know, definitely on that path? I think, I think um, after the, after uh, 2000, 2008, the recession, mm -hmm. I think the world penetrated, the world direction shifted to uh, this very uh, fast-paced tech development because it gave you a uh, very quick equity returns and also uh, ROI based on the market itself, right? Mm -hmm. The whole market shift. And there's where tech bros actually uh, become uh, the sort of leaders, the architect of, of the reality. And and I think, and I, and I think, and then this, this, this actually supercharged the thing that we use, the thing that we produce, the tech that we use, and then the idea of make things break fast come true. Yes, I think tech advancement have moved to a very high stage, you know, that we can do whatever dream and then we can make whatever thing come true. And and all this situation that I've illustrated, right, I think is a is a sort of outcome that we have right now and we live with it. And my my deduction, my deduct, uh, my my out my actually my my conclusion draw from this actually we need to slow down and think. Right. Yeah. One part of the society needs to slow down and think while the other side is progressively actually doing something. We can't have a society that all moving at the at the same progressiveness to sort of intervene, you know. We someone need to stop and do some uh systemic thinking and also uh think about uh the consequences of uh, every every move that they, that they make. So for instance, I think tech it's not as simple as we look, we develop, uh, we develop a platform and then you just used it. But you know, when we're developing the other side of the world, actually building data centers that actually uh, melting the iceberg itself. So this is the consequences that we need to look into. And then other parts of it, right? The more human parts of it, all this technology influencing the way we perform. It's like, um, you build something, it influences the way we live, and then, and then for now we might no chance to sort of uh influence the way it perform because it sort of dominate us. It's not architecture; we still can mold it in the future, right? Yeah. So this is a concern. I think we need to um stop a bit and mm -hmm. think and reflect. Yeah, one yeah. part of society to do that. Yeah, so that we have a balance of a conversation like like I have mentioned before, abstract thinking and the practical use of it. Yeah. Yeah, I think reflecting how currently AI has been used, especially in Malaysian politics, it, yeah. it certainly has been used to sway support from one person to others. And obviously, as you mentioned, we didn't know the full extent of the power of this particular technology. But yeah. you, you, you already can see this particular technology has been used to create and fabricate an alternate truth. Okay, for example, yeah. a deep fake technology or even yeah. social media extreme targeting like uh, what we saw in Cambridge Analytica scandal. So, yeah. how does we, again, how does we slow down? How does we um, uh, make sure we understood the technology that impending to us? Because I think not many people are actually aware. They are subjected to this social media targeting. Not many are people aware that actually some voice, some video might not be the person that is actually yeah. portrayed. Yeah. Okay. This is a, a a very like very interesting question. Like, I mean, this has been some question that we actually among my friends have been talking about this a lot. Mm -hmm. I think, I think. Okay. Uh, 
from my personal point of view, right, the solution for this right, is not to design anything to intervene it because there's no point. Because you have to think that society haven't catch up to the stage of understanding how this could work. Mm. Yeah, for me, I think right now to actually see this uh, as a thing, as a, I mean, we can say as a threat and also opportunity to upskill everyone knowledge, mm-hmm. like to teach everyone about um, um, what is happening behind the scenes, you know, and then how all this uh, platform function, I mean, in a more, uh, in a more educative way, because we need a policy to sort of uh, uh, like control the way we use it, not to control, but to sort of uh, regulate how much they can take from us and how much we can take from them, you know, it's just like a law, um, a law that maybe uh, that protect us, like an architect laws that maybe protect us from uh, having an um, uncharted un, 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 architect to build something that is dangerous for uh, the people who, who used it, you know, because I think a designer architect has a different thing, you know, this architect is the one who actually look at the law and then are we actually abiding the law and then is this actually functioning for the people itself, but the right. designer actually you can visualize it, you know, I mean, you can think and then you can do something, but we always need someone to actually, uh, to, uh, to actually moderate it. We need the moderators right now. Mm-hmm. So, so without, but at the same time, the society is so, is so drawn to this sort of, uh, instant gratification of apps and all this technology is fun, you know, and then it's pretty hard to actually tell them, oh, we need to moderate this now because we are going into the path that uh, is so dangerous for our next generation, you know. I, I don't think they actually listen because it's giving so much um, incentive to us right now. I think right now, for us, I think we should it, it start with education. Tell them how is this functioning behind the door, you know, like how is it working, you know. Like, are you afraid? Like using a more... Um, down to analogy to tell stories like mm. for instance if i sell you something and then but this thing is following to your house you know you are buying something for supermarket but the supermarket are following you back to your house are you afraid because they're gonna see what you're doing you know yes. but to this supermarket they can't do that because they are at that place only you go that to that place mm. and you purchase something from there but today it's not they are following you back home mm. it's like a uh it's unhealthy you know like so I would think like start with education to educate like change so everyone aware so everyone sort of uh, collectively go to um, um, not protest suggest that uh, we need to moderate this and then at the same time we, we develop a technology based on the moderation but not to control everything but we right. need a common law you know like we agree like student contract we agree okay this is the limit we go I think with limitation I think Sometimes with new limitation, creativity might flourish, you know. Without limitation, it's dangerous. Yeah. yeah. And also, um, we need theory to, we need, we also emphasize a lot on theory uh, to sort of help us to practice. Without theory, practice is dangerous, you know. Yeah. Right now, we have practice, but lack of theory to support us, uh, to guide us. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think legal framework is way behind. There is no yep. such social digital contract that is common yep. around the yep. world. And I yep. think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of app that you might not felt that it is intrusive. 
for example, yeah. Fit the Face app where you can make yourself older, yeah. stuff yeah. like that. But actually, they're collecting more data than it should to, you know, yeah. it doesn't have yeah. to collect that much data to change your face, why not? But yeah. actually, a lot of apps are doing that as well because at the end of the day, as we mentioned, I mean, as we know, data yeah. is the new goal. And I think yeah. there's also some level of uh, easiness with analog, place, like you mentioned, analog places like market. Yeah. I mean, when you leave the market, you leave the market and it doesn't go home with you. And I think yeah. this AI technology also concern people with, with knowledge to it. Like, for example, Elon Musk continuously, yeah. uh, you know, warning and give us doom prediction how we can yeah. eventually be controlled by advanced AI. In a way, uh, it already does that. As, as we mentioned just now, the machine learning know how, you know, how we... Uh, do yeah. things where we do, uh, where we go to work, where we live, and why not? And actually, they know a bit more better than our ourselves. They they know us better than ourselves. I would say. So since your work revolve around this sensory communication with binary world, where do you yeah. think such technology can help us remain on top of AI advancement as Neuralink? Uh, Elon Musk uh, startup say if you can't beat them you have to join them so do you think cyborg life is you know is the only way us human can remain relevant hmm yeah I think uh, I mean I just want to quote like from Donna Haraway that I think we are not going to cyborg life but we are already a cyborg in some ways alright mm-hmm. uh, it's a kind of cyborg in many ways because we co-live with all, we cohabit with all this technology and they grow with us. And if you can't beat them, join them, like by Elon Musk, right? I don't know, like things, things actually uh, preached by all these tech firms, right? I'm, I'm actually very skeptical. Sometimes it's very, uh, it's very good to hear because it's very, um, it's very convincing in some ways. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I, I, I would really, really uh, concern, right? Yes, this sort of tech, right, might help us to uh, stay on par with this sort of uh, artificial intelligence doom days, you know. But the thing is, I'm concerning is like we are inserting some technology, right? It's not, it is uh, funded by uh, like tech companies, you know, and then they have all this issue right now. So how do you, how do we actually trust them? Because when there's no common law we talk about, you know, like, Mm-hmm. Then and also like and also and also look at us right as a as a commoners we are not at the tech Silicon Valley right mm-hmm. we are someone else we don't have much knowledge about tech especially for the next generation right mm-hmm. and they have now they are sort of like a, a elitist or sort of aristocrat they have the power to tell us what to do mm-hmm. I think this is a bit dangerous because like we do have a common knowledge what is happening behind Neuralink what's happening all this unless we have the common knowledge right then we can choose okay I'll, I need that mm. but he's telling us a doomsday story and then um, and then you need this because doomsday is coming mm. like should we be more I think we should be more critical about what they say like because same like these people they are technologists they are more like uh, a plumber in society right they are fixing one thing uh, where you fixing one thing uh, at one time, uh, in a very contractual way. I mean, if you look at how plumber fixed our plumbing, right? They are mm-hmm. fixing just a pipe, right? But they're not thinking about okay, what is gonna happen next? Right? Should we replace the whole pipe? Things like this. 
and then should everyone know how to fix pipe a simple pipe mm. like yeah you know things like this i think yeah same go back to uh one the moderations second is the common knowledge that we should share before right. we deciding uh going to that direction yeah i mean he will sell this technology but we have to have our own critical thinking to make a choice right yeah because yeah. at the end of the day we don't even have that power since we don't have the knowledge yeah. to to decide and yeah, all yeah. this narrative is actually eventually pushing to sell more you know yeah. sell more stuff yeah so okay i think maybe you can tell that as a bit more if somebody are interested if a young designer today are interested to venture into this particular field of mm-hmm. uh, studying artificial intelligence in the context of architecture what should yeah. they do uh, is there any resource of material they can start with i think i i think the relationship the relationship between architecture and all this technology has been uh, has been i think it started in the 60s mm-hmm. um it's been a long time but and then the most uh yeah and then the most radical ones it was in the 60s as well the idea that reflect actually reflect the 21st century technology but they don't have the the hardware yeah. yeah uh i think i think you can start looking into uh cybernetic theory i mean by golden pass like people like this golden pass and cedric price mm. go back to their works look analyze it like cedric price from palace i think this is a fundamental thing that you can start with right. because right and then not to look at the form itself but look at the ideas how he developed it mm. and then also cedric price also developed some more systems diagram that talks about uh systems architecture and all these are i would say a fundamental role that we we uh we orient ourselves in architecturally in this 21st century to look into tech tech informed architecture yeah start with cybernetic uh, by golden pass aesthetic pies these are the two prominent people at the time and then slowly move into uh, human and computer interactions ideas yeah and then and then yeah from there and then make some um make some criticism and look look into a more um um a more architecture theory based like plasma ideas because plasma is informed by subjective experiences of spaces mm-hmm. but various technologies with objective and then compare it and then make a more um, rational critic on it and then start with all this and then you slowly move into the direction great yeah. excellent thank you so much join i think you can follow gfxa on instagram spell at gfxa.co and please subscribe yeah. to qwa youtube channel and thank you for joining us Until the next one. Bye. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, bye. <laughs> If you enjoy the session, be sure to subscribe to QWA YouTube channel so you will be notified if a new episode is posted. Thank you for listening. Until next time.